You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums. You must hear before you die. episode we'll be talking about neil young tonight's the night uh on the line i have rob tonight is the night birch ben going down and john alcohol tonight's the night is the six studio album by canadian american musician neil young released on the 20th of june 1975 on reprise records the producer is David Briggs, Neil Young with Tim Mulligan and Elliot Mazur. Uh, and the genre is blues rock and country rock. And I'm going to read from the book, Theonis Bates. In 1973, Neil Young should have been the happiest man in California. His last album, Harvest, had topped the charts on both sides of the Atlantic, and critics were calling him the finest singer-songwriter of his generation. But Young was depressed and despondent. In the past year, he had lost two friends, Crazy Horse guitarist Danny Witten and Rody Bruce Berry, to heroin overdoses, and his commercial success had left him feeling trapped and isolated. Tonight's the Night was Young's attempt to escape this past, recording in a series of late-night tequila-fueled sessions at LA's SIR studio. The album saw Young reinvent himself as a boozy barroom troubadour. Gone were the note-perfect country rockers and gentlefolk tracks of Harvest, and their place were bluesy musings on fame and death. The album's title track, littered with gut-sweeping guitar from Niles Lofgren, tackles Bruce Berry's sad and wistful life. Tired Eyes evokes Witten's drug smugglers with the world-weary chorus. He tried to do his best, but he could not. World on a String... Featuring ethereal pedal steel from Ben Keith is a beautifully cynical rejection of young celebrity status. The cover artwork was as confrontational as the music. Although recorded in 1973, reprise held tonight's night back in vain, hoping that Young would record a more commercially friendly album. Finally released in 1975, the album was praised by critics, but failed to match the sales of previous releases. Its true influence would not become apparent until more than a decade later when grunge and alt-country acts alike would mimic its raw, emotional, ap- apocalyptic sound. All right, what do we think of Neil Young's Tonight the, Tonight's the Night? This is a rough record. It's a real rough record. This is, I, this is really rough. <laughs> I think it may, might be my favorite Neil Young we've done thus far, though. Oh. Yeah, man. That's it, amazing. It got me. It fucking got me. I don't uh, know. So it got me too, Rob. <laughs> yeah, that fucking 
borrowed tune just broke my goddamn heart. <laughs> I like the pacing of the record and like the the rock songs that are actually rock songs are fucking great. But uh I'm 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 just saying words at this point, boys. Someone cut me off and start talking. How do you, Rob? How do you feel about uh, Neil Young's apparent no second takes vocal delivery? <laughs> I fucking love it. Yeah, I I would I, I would take I would take that and his like like no second takes harmonica playing like <laughs> I, I, any day of the week over like what we're going to be talking about in the future with. Um, a little bit of Dylan's blood on the tracks. Um, I, I think Neil Young did a much better job of being a, uh, a non lo-fi son of a bitch uh, in, in that category. Um, what about you, Ben? What did you think? I knew that this album was going to be a rough one going in. I knew the history of it, but I'd never listened to it. I like it a lot. I, I, I like Neil Young, but uh, you know, this is right now, this is we're hearing like we, we we've heard we we've heard uh on a beach which was recorded after this but were released before this and that album we were talking about like how like that's really that's neil at a low point uh personally uh, uh emotionally man he was on the upswing at that point apparently as <laughs> <laughs> neil young at tonight's the night that's it's he he is having a rough time and he is just leaving it all there on the tape and i love it for that you know there's certain songs that that I think would be like legitimate classic beautiful songs that like radio play songs like Mellow on My Mind mm-hmm. that it's like the only reason they're not is because Neil's too drunk to sing and too drunk to 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 want to do it over after he messes it up you know as part of like a grieving process like the catharsis of it just go in there and just do it and leave it and release it i i, I that aspect of it I think is really cool and I think that the more I listen to it, the more those almost painful moments of it will become even more endearing for that, you know? Yeah. Well, the craziest thing that I read was that there was a darker version of this. Oh, dude, I read that too. <laughs> this is the this is the one the studio okayed. Only just so. Like apparently, like there's a tape that exists of the original recording and it is just nothing but open wounds and nerves <laughs> just uh with lemon juice being squirted in them the entire time can, can i read a quote from uh this is uh, david briggs a producer and this is from an interview that uh he was that is from neil young's memoir i think uh neil and me that's his dad scott young wrote it says, uh, 10 years after the original recording, Dave Briggs and I talked about Tonight's the Night, on which he had shared the producer credit with Neil. At home a couple weeks earlier, he had come across the original tape, the one that wasn't put out. I have to tell you, it's a handful. It's unrelenting. There's no relief in it at all. It does not release you for one second. It's like some guy having you by the throat from the first note all the way to the end. After all the real smooth stuff Neil had been doing, David felt most of his critics... And others simply failed to read what they should have into Tonight's the Night, that it was an artist making a giant growth step. Neil came in during this conversation, which was happening in his living room. When David stopped, Neil said, oh, you've got that original? I thought it was lost. I've never been able to find it. We'll bring that out someday, that original. (laughs) So hopefully we'll still be able to hear it someday. (laughs) That'd be fucking cool, man. Um, Yeah, I think uh, I hear what, both of you are saying I respect it, but I don't know. I'm just not on. I'm not all the way in yet on this. 
it, it's it, just too loose. It has that looseness that feels it. It doesn't feel like right. I get the the backstory and you know how it was created and how it sounds, but I don't know if that does it for me. I think I it, it, there's one thing to say. Okay, I'm doing these songs to sort of get get them out, but the, at the same time, it's it's. Everything around, I think also everything around this album is sort of overshadowing the looseness of it. Maybe I'll grow to appreciate it after a couple, you know, more listens. But right now I'm kind of like at a good, I don't know, a good artist. And, well, and what are your thoughts on the, uh, the, like the, the pacing as far as tracks are concerned? I think it's pretty good or sequencing. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. Some of the lyrics are just a little like hammy. Um, it just didn't hit me like the other uh, Neil Young albums did. How do you feel about uh, Come On Baby, Let's Go Downtown? <laughs> yeah, we're listening to that right now. It's okay. Well, but that song, Come On Baby, Let's Go Downtown, was recorded in 1970 yeah. with Danny Witten, right? Yeah, and Danny Witten sings lead on this song, and he plays the lead guitar lines in the song. And he kills both of it. Like it's from, yeah, it's from a a live show with crazy horse. They're playing the Fillmore East in 1970. And it was just an unreleased live recording just of Danny Witten really shining. And I kind of think that's why it's on this record. I think it's, it's Neil's, uh, his, his ode to his buddy. He's like, here, here's an unreleased song from five years ago. This is Danny doing his thing and it, and it rules. Yeah. Uh, If you look at this album as a, like a, a time cap and I could see where there's some sort of some cohesiveness just in that concept. But like, I'm kind of with Birch that it's, it's kind of all over the place. It's uh, unfinished in a way that's not necessarily always great. That piece of it. Like when you look at an album as a whole, you look at the, the songs that are chosen, the way they're laid out. I mean, even the physicality of it, the cover art. And then apparently the inside of this thing is just a mess too. Like, uh, liner notes in like we're gonna release it or it's originally released with a bag of glitter in it that's gonna fall out when you open it like but no one no found one that bag of glitter. not even Neil yeah. <laughs> sounds like ah, it's just all you over know, the place I can tell you exactly what happened to that glitter they look took one look at that at the record plant and they're like hell no I'm not putting glitter in every one of these record sleeves go fuck yeah, the, yourself the, the same hey, packages we were doing we <laughs> he's, drunk, he's so drunk he won't know <laughs> yeah exactly Neil will never know <laughs> does so uh, the supposed to be in the uh, the album uh, as a nod to uh, like David Bowie sure. a, 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 like a very drunk Neil Young was like oh yeah they're Bowie glitter <laughs> yeah <laughs> do have to admit that i do like when his like vocals just shred and crack on mellow my mind like 
there's something pretty to that when it's just like, oh, you're just you're just fucking laying it out there. Yeah, there's something really interesting about the how intimate it is and how I guess despondent or lo-fi it is, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't know if that does it for me. And say what you want about Neil Young, but he's fucking real. This is some real shit. And yeah. Every Neil Young album is real. I, that dude, I, think, I love that dude. I think Trans is the most real of his albums. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get to it, though. Even his Spite albums. The Spite is real. <laughs> There's some... And on really? trans, he spent something like $7,000 on that vocoder. It's <laughs> real money, man. It is real money. Ah, uh, man. What the hell was the name of that record that he was trying to Everybody use to get? God, I used to have that on vinyl, but I sold it to uh, Surface Noise. Uh, because man, I bet you could get another one for under five bucks. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I found it. I found it at uh, Value Village for a dollar. So awesome. nice. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I I like depressed Neil Young. <laughs> I, I I really enjoyed this record. <laughs> I like depressed Neil Young too. I mean, on the beach is that's that's a wonderful album. But this feels I don't. It really say makes like, you appreciate Rusty Kershaw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it feels just a little like not not lazy, but yeah, it's it's a bit like one take. It doesn't sound like he's he's trying. I think it, I think that's what does it for me. It, it's if Neil really wanted to be in the studio and write this and do this album, and he you know he wanted to present this, but I feel like this is a off the cuff sort of uh, record that doesn't necessarily translate the best. That's kind of the, that's his MO kind of though. Like yeah. he'll find himself in Nashville and just put together a band that night and start recording tracks. Right. And like, and like for this, you know, like if he's if he's got that got that low feeling and and it he needs to get something out. He just got to get that out. Maybe that's what what it is though. Maybe it just do, didn't click. It doesn't click for me with this band with this song with these songs. Yeah. Man, I don't know what you don't see in this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do like it, but it, right when we were talking, was uh, one of the really warbly parts of "Mellow yeah. on the Mind." He's trying hard. Such a such a pretty song. He is backed by the right musicians, though. Like they're not the same on all of this, but when you get that uh, that pedal steel in there, it really accentuates the lonesomeness and like. The musicians are playing their parts correctly, <laughs> you know, like they're they're adding a nice, clean musical note to what he's laying down. That's yeah. a little messy. Oh, I the think fact that, that they're able to follow him, they're, they're all angels. Yeah, <laughs> following him though is, is, is there's a there's a few parts that are a bit rough where they don't know exactly where he where he's going. My first listen of this album, something about. The title, like, it's like no, one, I had never heard that it was a live album, but something about the title of it and the album cover, which kind of looks like Neil standing on stage, and like tonight's the night, sounds like something you would call a live album. My first listen of it, I just kind of went in thinking it was a live album, and just the such a roughness of it kind of fed my already conception, uh, like a misconception that that it's it was live. I just thought that like someone had been recording Neil on like a really rough night that he was like really like where he was just like really like had to get something out and he was playing this club and someone happened to be there recording like tonight was the night. 
But then like when I learned that, oh no, this is a studio record. My first thought was like, oh wait, so you could have done done it again better <laughs> you know you could have done another take like you, you you heard that and you're like okay yeah that's it. pressing the wax i like to think that he couldn't do a better take <laughs> <laughs> and th- th- this is as good as it gets What's maybe- the tired eyes like he tried but he could not <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know even for that like for I don't know if i would appreciate this album as much out from someone else's catalog but i don't know i i i I give Neil Young a lot of leeway as a, a, a create like like just creative freedom, freedom of expression, and and just just be able to do whatever the fuck he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. That's that's his whole thing, and that's why I like him. And sometimes you get an album like this out of it, and that's cool too, you know. Yeah, that's it's cool, but is it how much do I like it? I guess is is what I'm thinking about. Like, will I go back and listen to this album or will I pick the, you know, eight other Neil Young albums that I that are above it that I feel like are are doing a better job? So I've found myself that this would be the one that I would go back to. Like the, the yeah, only I song that, that I, I have an issue with is Albuquerque and it's kind of growing on me. Huh. It, I, I really like that song. That's a stand up for me, actually. Is it? Yeah, it, it just it, it it seemed like it was leading to a thing. And then the chorus came and I was like, oh, that, that, that's the best thing you can write about Albuquerque. Like, it, it's such a like it's such like a uh, a non hit, just like Albuquerque itself. So it, right. it kind of makes sense. The chorus upon first listen made me laugh. The Albuquerque. <laughs> I liked that. But then the more I listen to the song, they say it's 90 miles to Santa Fe. He's got time to, what, roll a number and rent a car. Yes. So I'm assuming that Albuquerque is where the airport is. I'm, I'm assuming that in real life, Neil Young landed in Albuquerque, finds out that Santa Fe is only 90 miles away. That's where he's got to be. He's got time to roll himself a joint, rent a car, and maybe find some breakfast along the way. And then just like, driving out west hoping to find a place that he won't be recognizing and just get some country ham i just i kind of I, I i really jived with that with it's that. funny that he calls it country ham even though he knows it's canadian bacon <laughs> <laughs> it's his bacon it's his his well, country's he's bacon he, he's saying he's hoping he can find country ham it he he's got to be in kentucky or tennessee to get that country ham he's just hoping he can find it <laughs> I'm assuming he got hooked on the country ham during the harvest sessions mm. in Nashville. <laughs> Maybe he did. Um, I don't know. What's the, so I don't think I was there when you guys did the last Neil Young record. Um, was it did it have as much country in it that this one does? Uh, on a beach isn't necessarily that country. It's, no. It is just a fucking tr- heavy trip. Like it starts off with like kind of poppy, like you would expect a Neil Young country rock record to be. And then I think Birch, you described it. It's just like a wave hits you. And before you know it, you're just deep in the shag carpeting with Neil Young listening to his sorrows. Yeah. It's really, it's it's a late night record and it's really good. I kind of feel like this album is almost a, that, that precursor. This is the album that he had to, to get out or had to do and but but then on the beach it like 
completed that cycle. It completed the sort of coming up from from the uh, from the bottom, I guess, if you will, or the looseness that this is, because that still has a, a nice looseness to it. It's just not this. This feels rough. I, I think looseness is a is kind of a, a feeling that you can have. But this to me feels a little rougher. Yeah, on a beach doesn't feel rough. It yeah. does feel loose and unhinged. Yeah, but it, but it, it doesn't sound like a demo recording. Like in this one, like on, on uh, track three, at world on a string, even like the drums, it sounds like demo recording yeah. drums. And like, well, you're in a studio. I know you're drunk, but is the engineer drunk? Like, just get that mic placement better or whatever you got to do. You know. But I think <laughs> a lot of it was live, and they didn't want to redo it. I mean, yeah, makes sense. I, think, I get it, but as far as they is concerned, I think Neil didn't want right. to redo it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, when I everyone say else they, I just guess kind Neil. of. Yeah, it's someone was pulling the strings on this one, or someone was paying for the studio time who didn't feel like being there. Well, and he had every right to pull whatever strings he wanted because he harvest was huge, smash success. I, I mean, can't believe that this was not the released follow up, but the recorded follow up after Harvest. Like, right? That's that's such a take that take on a beach out of there as like, as like a stepping stone because of chron- chronology. And man, that is a drastic difference between Harvest and this. So this album and also on a beach is m- kind of mourning Danny Witten and uh, Bruce Berry, his roadie. So remind me who's the needle and the damage done again. Cause at first I thought that was Danny Witten, but Danny Witten was, I think still alive during harvest, right? I think he was talking about himself. Well, he, I think he was also talking about Danny, but Danny was falling apart because of the heroin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Danny eventually died from basically Valium and, uh, alcohol. I think not actually heroin and alcohol. Cause he had, you know, horrible arthritis in his knees and stuff that he was taking the, Valium's the the trade name for it, but whatever it is, the the qualudes or whatever they are. Wasn't heroin that did them in? It was it was Valium and alcohol. I think it was I think it was Valium and alcohol that ended up actually doing it, kind of like mm. Graham Parsons. Um, but yeah, but I think it was just that the needle of damage done is about Danny's. I mean, and maybe even Neil himself too, just being torn apart by the heroin use. How big of a user was Neil Young back in the day? Because of, of like so many of his songs are are kind of like cautionary heroin tales, but he was also wasted all the time. But I don't know how much it was like, I, I don't know what his chemical of choice was, I guess, uh, you know, it was a lot of weed for sure. Uh, and I had read that he, by this time he was starting to get out of that and seeing literally like when the needle and the damage done, he's starting to see those things that, you're not quite as young as you used to be, but people are taking it to the next level. Like they're, they're not also kind of winding down with you and just smoking grass or, you know, having some drinks. It's literally, they're going off the edge now. And so I think that with, you know, with harvest and with the success that he was having, he was seeing all these friends of his, like actually go off that edge while he was coming coming down from it but are you asking if he was like a i don't think he was a heroin user at this time i didn't know if he like was and then he cleaned up or or what yeah i don't know how hard it was but i know he used but it was not 
it wasn't as dire. Yeah. New mama's got a son in her eye. No clouds are in my changing sky. Each morning when I wake up to rise, I'm living in a dreamland. And yeah. we're listening to New Mama right now. I know. It's really pretty. It's really great, yeah. And I think that's the hard part for me, too, is a lot of these songs are really, really nice. Maybe I just have a problem with the... Um, the sort of setup and the recording, just like I was saying, the roughness of the recording, or maybe I'm thinking of what could have been. That's always a, a bad thing to have in your mind of when you're listening to something and think, oh, if this was just, you know, a little more care would have been taken on this. It could it would have been maybe a classic or something. So there's three bands on this album. Uh the band, the band that uh, he performs most of the album with, he, he calls the Santa Monica Flyers, is who he calls the group they got together for this project. But then uh, you've got Crazy Horse on uh, Come On Baby, Let's Go Downtown with Danny Witten. And then right now we're listening to Lookout Joe. And uh, this is with uh, the Stray Gators. It's from the uh, Harvest Sessions in Nashville. So this this track is uh, Neil with the Stray Gators. Yeah. Lookout Joe's just like a kind of a straight, solid country stomper. Like, it's it's pretty good. Change is coming. Yeah. You got your pushers and your drag queens coming down the street. It's like Lou Reed's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's an interesting like difference between the first side and the second side too. The first side is definitely a lot, I think, raw, unfinished, and then sort of this like nugget of uh crazy horse, you know, Danny Witten on Come on Baby, Let's Go Downtown. Sort of like it's kind of like the Danny Witten side, although the Tonight's Night's the song about uh Bruce Berry. And then the second side is a little bit more polished, but still trying to carry some of that that feel. It's I don't know. They don't really go together all that much. <laughs> I like uh, speaking of the second side. Th- there's polished aspects of it. Roll another number is it was one of those me- sloppy messes that I love, and I, I really like the line. It, it, it was it's 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 too dark to. Put the key in the ignition. Something like I, I forget the actual line. Right. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, <laughs> being too wasted to go on, kind of yeah. in, in a good natured way. It's side two, track one. It's kind of letting you know there's, I guess there's something on the other side of the darkness. Yeah. Sun <laughs> hasn't come know, up real- over my uh, the uh, the ornament. ornament, and then maybe the cops are going to put on the berries and cherries. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, then the, the refrain of "So you better roll another number for the road." Yeah. <laughs> Coming home. How am I getting home? Oh, the cops are going to take me. Yeah, mom, mom, I'm coming home. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to go around? I mean, I I've got nothing to say other than like I. This is probably the my favorite Neil Young that's come across thus far, and I, I've enjoyed most everything that we've done. Um, I don't know. I I like I like the grit. I, I like the slop and. Um, I'm just happy that it got put down and I, I look forward to hopefully someday hearing just how dark this record really was. <laughs> I also, uh, I, I like when the grits left in, I like when the slaps left in, I, 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 I love a realness in a recording and I love when 
when a recording artist is just is speaking from from their heart and doing their own thing this is one of the more rough sounding records uh of, of those attributes i like but uh i i like it you know I, i'm a neil young fan i i think that uh i'm not gonna say he can do no wrong but if he does wrong i still i like that he's doing it because like i said one of my favorite things about him is that he'll He'll just do what he wants and he's an artist and he's going to express himself and he and warts and all, you know, uh, I like this shit. I'm going to give it a neutral plus um, maybe because I had on the beach, you know, I think if Rob had heard on the beach, maybe he would have gotten his, his, his taste of Neil Young grief in a different package. And I think that's the package I prefer. Um, I, I like seeing the process here. I can't say you're wrong there, but it's just, I don't know if I would, if I would get this album and listen to it again. Yeah, hard one for me because it sits kind of right there because it's Neil Young. It's it's great, but at the same time, it's it's like a real rough Neil Young. I think I just need more time to sit on it, think about it, and maybe neutral right now, but positive later. I don't know. I just don't know what what about it is sort of holding that back or... I don't know if it's the roughness or just the songs or maybe all of it, the whole package together. Maybe that's doing it for me, but Birds, still Neil you Young. It's still the, awesome. The songs taken on their own, like not the recording of the songs, but like the songs, the songs on this record. Yeah. How do you feel? How do you feel about them? Uh, they're not all strong. There's, there's some good, very good songs, but part of them, I, I don't find as uh as interesting as his other albums where I could, where I'm pleasant, you know, I can listen to the entire album and there's not one song I would be like, eh. And and like I said, that that definitely has an uh, effect on on you while you're listening to an, an artist that you're very fond of and you have a album that is like not maybe not the strongest and so you kind of judge it a little little more critically a little harsher than you would if this was someone unknown someone i didn't care that much for it's like i said it's still no young i'm not mad it's in this in the book i do think uh you should check it out listen to it but at the at the same time you know they probably could have put this or on the beach and kind of i'm just not quite sure what i think of it totally Hmm. which is good. Maybe that means I need to need to think a little bit more about it. I'd say probably do I want it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next time we'll be talking about Bob Dylan blood on the tracks. Uncle Robert. Thanks y'all. <laughs> Day.